Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by Utah football coach Kyle Whittingham. Kyle, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Good. So, the signing days, plural, in the New World Order, are in the rearview mirror. I'm curious, uh, now that it's all said and done, how many scholarships do you feel like you have to hold? Because it feels like with transfers that recruiting is 365 days a year, and you got to have something available if somebody comes available and is interested in you. Well, we filled up all our allotment for this class, and uh, you get 25 initials per year. And then you uh, have to remain under 85 overall. You know, it can never be over 85 at any one given time. And so, uh, you know, it's concluded for this cycle. However, you know, in the summertime or after spring ball, when when uh, guys enter the portal, there is uh, you know ways to to uh, get those scholarships uh, you know pushed forward to the next class. You know, there's some limitations on what you can do uh, recruiting wise to make that happen. But but uh, for this current cycle, we're done, and uh, we'll see what. Transpires in the summer, and and uh, if we uh, need to get uh, you know somebody in, we'll try to find a way. But but uh, for right now, we feel pretty good about the guys we got. Recruiting to me is an always an interesting phenomenon, and I've learned from you over the years of the level of importance of it. And it's funny because you know I follow the Sun Devils with Herm Edwards, and he was out of it for many many years. And uh, so last week when it was the recruiting day, I saw a quote from him. He said, you know, he didn't realize to the level that you have to do and the quote was it's all you do it's your whole life and he's speaking about (laughs) recruiting and I'm thinking well that's something that Kyle Whittingham learned 30 years ago and he's been living it and so now you're done with one cycle but you actually probably overlap as you were recruiting this particular cycle looking at guys for next year and probably the year after and maybe even the year after that it really is a full-time job Exactly, and you're exactly right as far as the overlap. We we were 90% finished uh, in December with our signees. We had uh, you know the vast majority of guys signed in December, and we we pretty much already knew who were the you know the last three or four guys uh, are the were that we were going to finish off with in in uh, February. And so that being the case, the month of January was really geared more towards uh, you know getting the 21 class evaluated and going out and and evaluating those guys and and really you know what used to transpire in spring now is is transpiring in January. We're getting a head start on it because of, of the two signing days, just like you mentioned. And and uh, I think if you look at the, the numbers when they're all compiled, uh, you know, since the early signing day has been in effect, the percentage of early signees has gone up each each year. Uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty certain of that. And, and uh, I think it'll get to the point where maybe there won't be a second signing day. You know, I think it, it may be heading in that direction. So there's the old cliche about rebuilding and reloading and, you know, the USC's and Ohio State's and Alabama's of the world are supposed to just reload. Uh, But I don't think youth fans have really thought that the youths were at that point. Now, you're in a Power 5 league, you're coming off an 11-win season, you're kind of in a different place you've ever been before, and you've got to replace the whole secondary. Speaking just of the secondary, how much do you have to rebuild there and how much can you reload and be pretty good in the secondary again next year? Well, 
we had to replace the whole secondary, just yeah. like you said. I don't know other, any other way to put it. We uh, you know we lost all all five of them. We played a four two five nickel uh, package the vast majority of the time, and and with uh, Jalen coming out early, which we knew that was no surprise. That was the plan when he, when he arrived on campus. So that was something that we anticipated. But Javelin Gidry uh, was something we didn't anticipate coming out early. And so when he made that declaration, and you combine that with uh, you know uh, Terrell Burgess and Julian Blackman and and then Tariq Lewis and Josh Nurse who, who were on the other side uh, opposite Jalen, then you really we lost I would say 99% of the snaps that that were taken uh, this last fall graduated or left the program. So it is a complete rebuild, and it's not just there. You know we have uh, those three D linemen. We got eight uh, eight defenders going to the combine, which is incredible. I mean we got nine overall uh, total with Zach Moss added to that, but but all three of those senior defensive linemen are invited to the combine. Uh, John Penasini, Lecky, and Brad, Francis Bernard at linebacker, and then the entire secondary. And so uh, it's uh, you know it's a it is a, a challenge for us. The, the good news is we got a lot of good young talent in the program. It's just inexperienced. You know we got guys that that have uh, very little or no experience, but uh, a lot of talent. And the, and the guys that are coming in that aren't here yet, we got a lot of good you know good players that transferred in at mid year, but we got a bunch more that will be here in the summer. So it's going to be defensively uh, challenging. Now, the opposite side, you know, offensively, we didn't lose much as far as quantity, but we lost some real key positions when you lose your quarterback and, and the tailback, the, the caliber of Zach Moss, and your left tackle, which is, you know, the most important spot up front. But, but uh, you know, so we got a lot of returners there, but but those three guys were pretty key. So, so we'll see what happens, but uh, it's really going to be a matter of how quickly these young guys can come in and and uh, you know hit the ground running and and uh, contribute because that's going to be a, a huge factor, particularly on defense. And this recruiting class reflected that we took uh, 16 players on defense and only nine on offense because we had to get the numbers balanced with the uh, the hit we took on defense. So I think last year's spring ball might have been the least intriguing because outside of a maybe a linebacker and some offensive line, you pretty much had everybody set, and so you got out there and there wasn't a lot of question marks and you know you, you talked about that and it's why you were picked first and all that stuff whereas this year you got a whole bunch of open positions I don't know necessarily the question marks but they're open so my thought for you is how much has that increased the level of importance for this spring ball versus last spring ball much more important and, and that'll carry into fall because uh, like I said a lot of the guys that we sign that we think are ready to contribute uh, and are going to need to be ready to contribute won't be here until summer so the intensity of spring ball the amount of uh, of live work will go way up because we got just so many guys that don't uh, don't have any uh, game experience and so it'll be a different feel around spring ball it'll be a different feel in fall camp because rather than having a, a real veteran team like we had last year you know just like we've been talking about it's a lot of guys that uh, you know are unknown and, and need the uh, you know that live experience and and uh, getting them ready as quickly as we can to compete on September third. Is the offensive line poised to take a big step forward? You got to get a new left tackle, but those last couple games it seemed like they really had issues. And I think you go back and look at maybe you know getting stopped at the one yard line. I think it was at Arizona at halftime. Are they going to be better in those short yardage situations at a time when you really need them? 
Yeah, we have to be. And, and we did play pretty good throughout the course of the season. We obviously didn't finish very well up front. We didn't finish very well in a lot of spots, you know, at the end of the last two games of the year. But but uh, the talent level and the guys that we got line, you know, in line to play there, uh, you know, for this year and beyond, we feel great about. Uh, but, you know, we do have to take a step forward. And, and uh, you know, we think that uh, we got the young guys in the program they are going to do just that. And when you look at last year's offensive numbers, that's what you do this time of year is you pour over the the uh, stats and, and what you did well, what you didn't do so well. And offensively, the huge glaring issue was fourth downs, and particularly fourth and short. And uh, that's something that has got to get better, and we understand that. And that was really the only, when you look at the offensive numbers and what we did, that was the only glaring negative was was those fourth downs. And so that's something we got to get corrected, and, and it does start up front, particularly the fourth and, and uh, you know, very short, which is, you know, one or two yards. And so that's something that uh, will be a point of emphasis. What can you tell us about the ability of Jake Bentley? And also, can I assume that the competition at quarterback is going to run through August? I'm sure it will. And, uh, you know, first of all, Jake is... He's only been here uh, a month, but he's, he the way he carries himself and, and how he acts, and and uh, it's all exactly what you want in a quarterback. I mean, he's all business. He's uh, he's a, a leader, uh, you know, constantly in the film room, and so everything to this point has been very positive. And yes, that competition should be intense uh, this spring, and will most likely carry into the fall. Uh, you know, if there's a huge separation in spring, if that you know, I don't see that happening. But if there is, then uh, we could make that decision sooner. But uh, my guess is that uh, it will be sometime in, in fall camp before we make that decision. Well, Kyle, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to the start of spring ball. Okay, guys, March 2nd, we'll be there. So will we. <laughs> All right, take care. Kyle Whittingham, Utah football coach, but it goes through August. The battle goes through August. Well, the the quarterback battle? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously he, that's he had no the most problem, intriguing. He had no problem agreeing with you. Well, well you know, in, in Bronco, every coach wants to do it different. Bronco wanted the starter established so that they were the leader when the players were on their own after spring ball before the start of fall camp. But Kyle's had battles going to fall camp before. He didn't seem to value that. This... I don't think, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Historically, you're right. You're absolutely right. There's no question about that. But I think in this situation, it's the only way to do it because you're only going to get 15 practices and you got two new guys. Now, Bentley's not new in terms of playing. Rising hasn't played, right, because he redshirted uh, his freshman year at Texas and then he had to sit out last year, so he didn't get the waiver. So he literally hasn't been on the field since his high school year, uh, senior year. So that leads me to believe that going into it, just going into it, Bentley would have a leg up during because of the fact that I think he's the what was it? Is it thirty five games he started or fifty five something like that? Not fifty five. So, thirty five, I think. Okay, I'll look it up for you. But, but yeah. he has the starting experience. The point is right. Yeah, and he's a senior. Whereas Rising has zero. Now he's Rising was in the program for a year, so that gives him somewhat of a systematic knowledge of advantage. But Andy Ludwig, when he's at Vanderbilt, recruited. Bentley, so he knows about him. So it sets it up for an intriguing battle. They've got intriguing battles all over the place this year. They don't need a quarterback battle. They would have had enough stuff to keep our interest in spring ball and then in the training camp. But this year, with the quarterback, it just adds to it. And so you... I, I don't know what they're going to do. It's be interesting. In, in the past, the spring balls have been open, and you can go at your leisure, uh, depending. And even fans could go as long as it was outside. If it's in the 
field house building there they they close it off for uh, safety concerns if they don't have it open that tells me you know they don't want they just don't want anybody to get any information about it so i'm interested to see what they do and i want to see what happens at this position at quarterback they both have the credentials but you know, case of rising has zero experience. But talking to him at the end of last season after Bentley announced, he's like, okay, fine. I was going to have to compete for my job anyway. So really nothing is new. And I want to see how that's going to play out. They've got so many question marks. And after last year having so few, it makes it more interesting. So many question marks that you're going to pick them to go uh, seven and six like you like they went uh, it's three years ago. Way way too early for that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know me. That doesn't matter. No, I I, I want to know. I, my instinct would say no, but I literally have not seen these guys. Now I've seen Rising throw because he was able to practice and whatnot, but I want to see him. He wasn't competing for the starting job. Even if he would have been eligible last year and got the waiver, it was still going to be Huntley's job. And I think that's a whole different animal. When you're competing for the starting job, everything is magnified. Now, they literally film everything they do from multiple angles at the practice field. Nothing is unfilmed. So you're on tape every single thing you do. If you're over there pouting on the sideline, they've got tape of it. So everything you do is on tape because they've got multiple angles where they tape you. They tape over at the practice field on the outside side one they tape you from the north side the south side and the east side uh i don't think they they don't do it on the west side but they got you the other ways and so they're looking at everything that you do so i I want to see i i wouldn't mind discussing it more in depth in april but today is it's just a joke. What are we, February 10th here? Even uh, in April, there are going to be so many questions. Yeah, what yeah. is this secondary I agree. really going to look like? And no matter, we know we're not going to be allowed to watch scrimmages in the fall. Right. Which will be oh, they the... Didn't, they, they didn't let you watch anything <clears throat> last year in the fall. Right. Zippo. And those would be the most telling. So realistically, we're going to go out there to the BYU game with a gazillion questions. I guess the answers I'm most comfortable with, I expect the O-line will be better on those third and short and fourth and short plays. Fourth and short, the most glaring. Uh, Kyle really pointed at those. Oh, yeah. Uh, they they pretty, sucked for some reason. They did. And they pretty much get, which doesn't make any sense with no, Moss there. No, no, It really no. doesn't make any sense And, and Huntley, with his ability to yeah, move. Yeah, you're right. Um, and left tackle, obviously, is really important. It's the quarterback's blind side if you got a right-handed quarterback. So th- there's issues there. I feel like we're always going to wonder about linebackers and wide receivers. Those positions have progressed, certainly, over the last couple of years. Uh, but the secondary, they have counted on the secondary. I guess if there's anything I still 100% believe in, it's the D-line. And they've lost a lot of talent on the D-line. Yeah, but they the D-line should be fine because they've got some guys. They rotate. Right. So if you're in the two deep, you're certainly getting enough action during ball games. So with Tupai and uh, who's the other guy? Uh, what's his name? Yak, help me out there. Uh, the other defensive lineman who played a lot last year. No, he's gone. No, the guy's he's coming back. Uh, it's a Polynesian kid. And if I look it up, I, I already named him. But the, the other guy, Tafua. Tofua, thank you. That that's what it was. I was saying. I beat you by a tenth of a second. I, I saying, actually came I wanted through. to say tofu, but I knew that's what it wasn't. It and both those, <laughs> both of those guys played extensively. So yes, I totally agree with you. They'll be fine there. Uh, 
And I think this Phillips kid is just going to replace Jalen Johnson. And Jalen was a star, and so I think they'll be okay there. So if they got and, a safety inside the program, they, or is Nate Ritchie going to start as a freshman? I don't know that. That's, I don't either. That's something I've got to figure out. And obviously, and they Lloyd may have has a got real, the linebacker spot nailed down. Do you think they don't know, or do you think they have a really good idea? Oh, I think they have ideas. They won't say them. Because that's, I told you that story of Eric Rowe. After two days, like, dude, you're, you're running, you're playing here, and it's only two days. And he said, yeah, I had no idea. And then off to the side, I spoke to a coach. Oh, yeah, we had him. We knew he would be. That's why we brought him. And he's still in the NFL today. So, yes, they, I think they have ideas in their mind. Now, it could change based on performance on the field, but I think they certainly have ideas. But I haven't spoken to any of them because they've been all out on the road, and I don't want to bother them when they're recruiting. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to make anything close to a season prediction until after 15 spring practices where I get an opportunity to see for myself plus to get an opportunity to talk to guys on the record and off to the side. BYU, September 3rd. That's when they need answers. And then Montana State at home and at Wyoming. A couple of tune-ups in there. Yes. Some some could argue, I know what you fans are saying, we got three tune-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Remains to be seen. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. All right, I was explaining earlier this morning a, uh, a philosophy that I have borrowed from uh, on social media. I like to borrow it from uh, John Madden, who when he got into broadcasting decades ago said, man, all these coaches are, are my buddies and I don't want to light them up, but it's not my job to sit up here and be boring. They'll kick me out of the TV booth in a heartbeat if they think I'm boring. So what he settled on is you have to first guess. When you know a situation is coming, put your opinion out there, right or wrong. If it's a two-point conversion and you think it's a bad idea, don't say it after it's incomplete. Say it as they break the huddle. I wouldn't do this. I think they should go for one. You said that earlier, but I want to make it be known. That's why none of these guys are my friends. Good point. But in his case, they And I second guess because (laughs) I think I'm paid to do it. You are. And, but but first, none of these guys are my friends. But isn't first guessing fun too? Uh, yes, I agree <laughs> right. with you. I'm, I'm not discounting you. Sure. But I think our role also, because we're, I'm a fan. Yeah. I re, I'm the voice of the fan. It's easier and, to second guess, yeah. though, because you're on the record with the first guess. I'm fine. Right. And But that doesn't discount. That we still have to this, second guess. Yes. Right. When stuff and, goes wrong, and, we have to talk about it. Right. So, I said, uh, we, we were uh, discussing, as everyone in the state of Utah watching the game was, you know, who should be on the floor? Don't forget Idaho games? and Eastern, uh, Western Wyoming. You're right about that. Yeah, Western Wyoming <laughs> and Southern Idaho were two. You're right. Possibly in Wendover, 20 feet across the state line. They were talking about it, too. You know, who should be the closing five? And Bogdanovich has not been good in the clutch. And then, of course, he hits the game-winning shot, which with a second and a half to go, 
he's got the size to get a shot off over a defender. Ultimately, he had to get that shot off over two defenders. And, you know, if Conley or Clarkson could have had a block. You needed Bogdanovich's size at that moment. Exactly, yes. But I'm still not convinced that tonight, with four minutes to go, he should be on the floor in the closing five if you need big shots. Locke's got the stat on what he shoots in the final two or three minutes of the close yeah, games or whatever. That drives me nuts. It's not good. He's got, he's he's got good. the stat. If, if How about Clarkson's he's got, got the spacing? And so you have Doesn't to account. Clarkson have the spacing? I think people respect Clarkson because I don't think they want to leave him. So you're just going to take Bogdanovich out every time because some stat says it. If you're just going to rely completely on stats, then just have a bunch of robots there. And you don't have to worry about anything. Take the coach out. Just send down the stat. Here's what you do. It's not purely the stats. No matter what the stats are for Donovan Mitchell, he's not coming out. Nor would I take him out. So it's not completely stats. But But it is on Bogdanovich. If Clarkson is going in... Someone has to come out. If they require you to have five. <laughs> I think they're going to keep doing that, Captain Obvious. Well, things change. <laughs> Not that much. <laughs> you got somebody else you want off the floor. Because you want a Clarkson in at the end of the Houston game. Now, he came in for a key possession, right? Uh, but I think it was a possession. Like he came in for the possession that ended with Donovan the, Mitchell making the two clutch the free The penultimate throws. possession. Penultimate. Next, Next to last. Time. Next to last, you fans. Hey, try the veil. I'm here all day. Um, but with three or four minutes left in the Dallas game or three or four minutes left in the Miami game, whenever, if Clarkson's having a night, like he had 37 at Denver, he's got his uh, United another 30-point game uh, in Houston, if he's got it going and he needs to be out there because the other team just can't stay in front of him, someone's got to come out. Okay, yeah. Someone's got to come out. So who's got to come out? I think I'd you say go. Bogey. I think you go on situations. You don't go. It's so not, tonight, it's not a computer. Got it going. Pr, it's not a computer printout. So tonight, Bogey's got to go, and it's Bogey. You don't want Joe out. Some nights I do. Really? Yeah. I find that surprising. Why? Because I like him. No, because he provides so much. Bogey tends to be more one-dimensional. I mean, he's the guy who. Well, what you is know, the situation? Points, zero the situation may call for a one-dimensional deal. That's what I'm talking about. So you can take Bogdanovich out two minutes earlier, but then you put him back in. You, you got to be flexible within a structured system. You got to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you yes. did. I love that quote. Yes. You know, by the way, I've told that quote to other people, and literally every time I say it, there's only two reactions. One, they look at me as if I'm Einstein. I got an IQ of 300. It's the wisest thing they've ever heard. Or the other one is they turn and chuckle like, that's brilliant. There's some loser middle management bosses. I want to torture with that. I came from my mentor who was my uh, former brother-in-law. He's deceased now. And I don't know if he made that up, but he always used to say that when he was trying to get Uh, jobs. And he always got jobs. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yes, he goes. He's he's known as the godfather of high school soccer in the state of Arizona because he started it at the varsity level, Uh, and then won a bunch of state titles. I think eight. Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah, In in like ten years, fifteen years, Uh, probably fifteen-ish, probably. And then he also, and then he got to the point where. Uh, some of his players mm-hmm. became high school coaches. Oh, yeah. And then he competed against them oh, in the Oh, so playoffs. he had the coaching tree. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. As I said, he, he was He's recognized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for various reasons. And he had a statement that when he would beat them and they'd have media there, media loved my brother-in-law because I was a media guy and I told him, be friendly to these guys. They'll love you. So he knew how to play it, right? right. And plus he had the jersey in him. And, uh, so he so, could talk. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. So he would say, I taught them everything they know. 
but I didn't teach him everything I know. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a couple oh, of great man. lines. But I think as far as the Jazz, I think you've got to play what you think is the best in the moment. And sometimes that goes against some computer printout. And I'm not discounting analytics. I Sometimes I come off and sound like an anti-analytic guy, but I'm not. But I just don't think everything is an equation where this is what the bottom line says. You're running through a computer, and this is what you do. Because I don't think you win that way. I don't think you win in anything that way. I think you have to have that information, as much information as you can possibly have, and then you make the decisions. So I, I said, like I said on television last night, this is a great problem to have. You're dealing from a position of strength. Who do you want in? I got a bunch of guys I can put in. You'd much rather have that than, okay, John, you go in because I ain't got anything else. So you go in there, John, and good luck to you. No, see what the situation, do you need defense? Do you need offense? Do you need a perimeter shooter? Do you need somebody to pass it? Do you need somebody to drive it? Whatever it might be. The closing five had been very good and Clarkson hadn't been in it and Conley was hurt. And so now there's seven guys. Relative to the competition too. Seven guys depending on the situation that you might need down the stretch or that you might trust. And every single night now, we're going to have – because I think – I need to run a poll question on this – about, you know, should Clarkson uh, be in all the time in the final five minutes? Should he be in some of the time? Or Quinn's been handling it right, just a possession here or there? So I think the only two who needed to be in last night with one and a half seconds to go are Mitchell and Ingles. That is the only two. Ingles because everybody trusts him to inbounds the ball. And you have no timeouts and, left. And as a big guy, yes. he can throw passes yes. over. You right. don't, you, typically, you don't let someone like Donovan do it. He's too small. They put a 6'10 guy on no. him. No, no, he's too valuable on the other end, too. And you also want him to take yeah. the shot. Right. So those, in that situation, I don't care what the numbers say. So Joe is in. Those, those Mitchell's two, in. i got to have those two. And Can we agree on that? Not met, oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So Without I got, question. i got to have those two. Then I see what the situation is. See, the, so you think Gobert, because I think they had Gobert into screen for Donovan because that's where the play was going. And I thought Donovan got held in the corner over by the Jazz bench. But, yeah, come on, there's 1.6 seconds left. They're not calling a foul on the Rockets. No, all sorts of grabbing and whatnot. Yeah, so, you know, that, that's the way it goes. And so he slips, and then he finally does come off the screen, and the play keeps going, and Bogey's the guy who eventually – Well, against it. the Rockets, with their small ball lineup, unless I'm mistaken, they stayed with the small ball lineup defensively. I think they did. Yeah. yeah. And so Bogdanovich is 6'10", and I need a quick shot. Yep. I can't dribble. I can't pump fake. I got to catch and shoot. And what is Bogdanovich in catch and shoots? That's why I get some analytics. What is he? What is he in the corner? What is he on the top? What is he on the other corner? And so then I got to see. So try to get him in that position. See, he missed a big three. I know he did. Earlier that would have put him up, uh, I think would have put him up seven. It would have put him up seven with a minute to go. So they were up five. So it was they like got a minute. Seven, I know exactly what it was. It was about a minute, five or know, six know, left. Yeah, I got it. And he missed, and Harden raced up court mm-hmm. and then threw himself to the floor. I was tripped. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he hit both free throws. Harden so, does what Harden does. Exactly. So in less than 10 seconds, it went from it could have been seven to it is two. 
And in less than two seconds, it went from a loss to a win. Yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. So that's all that matters, man. I think in that situation, I've got no problem. I probably would have put in Conley over O'Neal. But I did notice, and we're not talking about this at all, but against Portland, mm-hmm. at the end, Conley mm-hmm. was out. And he was playing well. Yeah. And they took him out. He was not in the game. Yep. And I'm thinking, wow. That is something that I didn't expect. I thought that came off of their inability to close the Denver game. That's when they had put him back in to close games. Yeah, but he was playing better this game. He's put together now a couple of solid games. I think we're seeing the best of him, and we're starting to see what they hoped, thought, and wanted him to be. I don't think there's any question. And I think a couple things. One, um, I think the thing we overlook early in the season when we talk about how bad the bench was is that there were always, you know, either three starters and two bench guys or two starters and three bench guys. So everybody, Ingles coming off the bench, Conley being the starting lineup, was being impacted by the fact they were out on the floor with a couple guys who couldn't get it done. And so they're all playing three on five or two on five because they're all being focused on because they can help off these other guys. So it's different now. Plus he did have to learn the system. Plus he is finally healthy and confident. I just thought that there would be all in on Conley. And that he would be in at the end because he was in at the end against Denver. And I was a little surprised that he was not in at the end against the uh, Trailblazers on offense or defense. Because if you remember, uh, who was it? Was it Trent who missed that that three in front of the Jazz bench? And you see Mitchell go over and Conley comes out and they hug. He was not on the floor. That surprised me, man. Your highest paid player. In the crunchiest of crunch time, is not on but the I floor. Think that was, I think that was Jersey tough guy accountability right there because the last seven minutes of the Denver game were just a mess. Yeah, but I don't know that it was all his fault. I'd agree. But they closed games so well with the other lineup, they just went back to and it. Maybe that's what they did. So right. it still surprised me because I thought they were going to be all in. Once Conley got to the level that we expected him to get to, then he was going to get as many minutes as he can handle. Now, that wasn't the case, and it wasn't the case – it's just a, a you know a second and a half in that situation, and you know maybe he uh, speaking for Quinn Snyder, he's thinking I can't have two six footers out there yeah. in that situation because I got to have somebody who's going to be able to shoot over them, and that was what Bogdanovich is in, and, I, and Mitchell I believe in more, and he's earned the right to be believed in. You don't take Mitchell out in that situation, you just don't. You don't. Well, I think just just in these last couple games, Mitchell had the go ahead hoop that turned out to be the game winner, driving to the hoop. Uh, right yeah. before the goal 10 no-call deal. Uh, he had that hoop. And then the two free throws with 15 seconds left in Houston were money, too. He went and even right if he had paint. missed him, he yeah. still had earned he's, – he's already earned the right. Yeah. It's, it's his team offensively. So that's the way I see it. Now, obviously, that's the way most everybody sees it, and they did that. So I would have – and not that Snyder certainly needs no advice from me, but my thought is – I know, but that's what we're here for. Play <laughs> – and I'm a voice of the fan. That's what I've always said. I've never played the game. I'm like you guys driving to work this morning, and I'm the lucky one who got this job. Good for me. Uh, I believe that you should go with the numbers, but then in the final analysis, you don't base your decision on the number. You have to see what the situation is, how it presents itself, and go from that point on. And so – you do you do that and it worked it worked they got fortunate he made the shot see how many of those shots is he taking when 
there's no other choice. I have no choice but See, that's, to even though, shoot it. Even though you don't like analytic guy, that's the kind of thing that using analytics you can sort out. And yeah, I, I think those I shots are different. And so whether they're yeah, they hard, the they're, shot clock, he's two for two. Whether they're against a shot clock <laughs> or against the clock at the end of a quarter or against uh, the yeah, end of the game he, but, clock. But there's only one shot, win or lose. Yes. There's not shot against the right. shot clock in the third quarter is not he's got but two it can still game you, winners now. Yes, but it can still show you bigger trends. I've seen so all that I need all. to see. <laughs> he's got two game winners. I want him in the game. Triple bogey hits the bottom of the cup. Well, that's kind of weird because if you're triple bogey and you're not going to pass the back the, <laughs> pass the cup and then back the other way past the cup, but I think a lot of hackers right now can identify with me. We know how you get a triple. His bogey. nickname is Bogey. He hits the triple, and keep with the and the, which I think is stupid to call it the cup, but some people do. So oh, the basket is the yeah. cup. Yeah, it's the basket. I don't get the cup, but they call it the hoop, the basket, or the and, hoop. and it's a ball. It's not a rock. It's not a stone. It's a ball. I'm with you on that one. So stop trying to give me your you, – come on, go back to your crib and think of something else because cup oh. and, and rock, they're not dope. Your crib. They're not dope. Dame. Yeah. <laughs> the great Dame. He was what a weekend. the other night. Do you realize, do you realize we had like, like 10 stories that could have driven this day? In one weekend, I mean, they just they just yeah, you got to go going. with the freshest one, but yeah, yeah, Houston in the shot, absolutely. Uh, but how to play Houston? There's so many different lineups, matchups for them to consider, both for the Rockets to consider and the Jazz. Uh, obviously, the end of the Denver game, we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about the social media back and forth. Uh, uh, it took a long Portland? time. You talking about what? The end of the Portland game. Yeah. You said the end of the Denver game. Oh, no, no. I meant the end of the Portland game. I'm yeah. sorry. Yes, the end of the Portland game with um, post-game comments from Donovan that go up on social media, which is where Damian Lillard sees him, yeah. and he doesn't like him. So he's tweeting at Donovan to knock it Good. out. And then Donovan's tweeting back at him. I said what I said. You know, I'm not apologizing for it. That's my – he I said what I said. I need some more B.A. attitude. Well, you're getting it. I, I preached that last week. You talk about first guessing. I said it I last week. yes. And Mitchell went out there and said it, and he didn't take, you know what, from, from Gary Trent Jr.? I wouldn't even take it from Gary Trent Sr. Yeah. Forget about that. <laughs> what about Gary Trent third? Or Trent Tucker. I wouldn't take it from any Trent. All famous Trents. Here we go. I wouldn't. Trent Falcone. I wouldn't take it. Well, I would oh, take it Oh, you would because he could get you concert tickets. And we've already been in discussion. Yes. <laughs> our former promotions. Now what about the Live former Nation. golf course, Robert Trent, right? Who, uh, who did uh, yeah. uh, design golf courses. Uh, Trent, Trent Dilfer. I saw his <laughs> wife one time at Vegas going through security. She's getting all worked up, man. She's giving him all sorts of crap. It's when they used to have those stupid ESPYs over the All-Star break before they moved it over to the summer. Yeah. And I happened to be in Vegas for basketball. And then who was the quarterback for uh, Washington? He gave himself a concussion banging on the uh, brick oh, wall. Oh, banging his head. He had butted Trent the wall. Trent something. What was his, his name was Trent. Yeah. What was his name? What was his I'm last blanking name? on his name. I can see the moment happening. Yeah. Headbutting the wall. And it's yeah, concrete. I think it went to Tulsa. So it's not moving. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a great idea. I did that once at Rice Eccles. So people were calling out my name uh, yeah. during a game. And I went over and uh, I was acting like I was all emotional. And I thought it was a pad. It wasn't. Oh, man, it stung. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be the tough guy, though, right? Yes. Oh, I didn't feel it. Just put my hand in my pocket. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Hit us up on social media, David DJ James on Twitter, DJ and PK on Facebook. This is 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Audi Salt Lake City. They bring you the feedback of the day where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $359 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. There is a lot of positivity on our social media feeds. That was a huge win for the Jazz, dramatic fashion. They had it. They didn't have it. They had it again. That always gets people going. But despite all the positivity, there's some negativity, PK. Sweet! Let me hear it! Yeah! (laughs) I thought you might be excited about that. (laughs) This guy at SLC Bass, I don't think there's a player I hate more than Russ West 44. And that's funny, because of the two playoff losses, I thought Harden would be right there. And CP3 seems to be a guy that a lot of people love to hate, although probably a reach to make him the most hated. Not compared to Westbrook. Do people hate LeBron for all the winning? Or he still maintains some sort of Teflon superstar he's loved Uh, in every NBA city? There's some jealousy there that can overlap into hatred. But I think right now, our fan base... The number one public enemy is Russell Westbrook, yes. Just because of the confrontation with the fans? Because they, they played him in the playoffs, they beat him. They won in so six. What? That was tasty. Because you usually have the frustration with the guy who beats you. No, it's two different things. I think frustration and hatred don't necessarily have to be the same thing there. I think that I think for some folks, they feel like maybe he agitated folks. Now, the last sense, and I'm not uh, excusing anything that goes on to me, fans, and we didn't uh, have an opportunity to talk to Joe about it, but they have one game. What was the game? He turned back on the fan. Yeah. When he, as he's walking Going off, off the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. This, Fans, stop it. Stop, stop, stop. Don't do it. Cheer, boo. When, but that's it. Yeah. Nothing else. Zero. You, you either cheer or you boo. Literally boo. But you say nothing else to any of the players. Do you think there's a chance that the Joker could ever be the guy? No. He'll frustrate guys, no. but he doesn't talk. He's no. not demonstrative. He's a foreign dude. <laughs> he can't get fired. Do we, we even know he speaks English? No. He speaks English. I know. I got <laughs> he it. walk off interviews. I know. On. But the point is, he's a foreign guy. No. And he just doesn't show no, emotion. They, but, so they, you can't. Westbrook he's shows more He's a big doughy guy. He reminds me of myself. <laughs> you know, obviously he's a foot taller, but no, I think there's a great deal of admiration for Jokic the way he's playing. He's coming out. I don't even know what countries are from. And he's coming out of here. He's a second round pick, wasn't he? Or late first at best. And he's just blowing up. I think people actually appreciate that. It doesn't. Does he say anything on the floor? Has he ever said anything? Uh, probably. No. <laughs> just I'm looking at the photo of him now, and he looks like he's half asleep. Like, yeah, I'll take the photo, but I'd really rather take a nap. He's I guess the first just, player <laughs> in history to lead the slow break. 
<laughs> the slow break. Yes. It does seem like Gobert should be able to run him into the ground over the course of a game. Hey, wait for me. He's a plotter. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're out of time. Tony and Austin are coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow.